Good morning and welcome to the Poetry Circle. This is our weekly programme of selections from worldwide poets, some of whom will be very familiar to you, and trying to introduce a little humour, Pam Ayres, from time to time. You remember her from 1974 when she started, though she was born in 47. And um, again, we welcome any contributions from you, which you might submit to us, and we'll be very glad to read them. You can contact us at riccradio2020 at gmail.com, and we can be found on Facebook as well. So I'll just start now with um, an Irish uh, poet, Eileen Cullinan. Uh, She was born in 1942 educated in Cork and Oxford and she lives in Dublin with her husband and they have one son. She is an associate professor of English literature, founder of the literary magazine Ciphers and her first collection of poems won the Patrick Kavanagh Poetry Award in 1973 and The Sunfish, her poem, was the winner of the Canadian-based Griffin Poetry Prize and shortlisted for the Poetry Now Award. So this poem now is written by Eileen Cullinan and it's called The Cloister of Bones. I begin from the highest point, best of all a bell tower. I see the tops of heads, cobbles, terraces, all scuttling down as if they hunted for something buried. Beneath ledges, where tables are set in the morning, under plants that grow over walls and pergolas, the slopes of sheds, the statched pruning shears, under the measured walk of cats. I am searching for a shape, a den, watching for the cloistering blank of a street wall, a dark reticence of windows banked over an inner court, especially roofs, arched and bouncing, knaves, a corseted apse, and always, even if the chapel sinks deep inside, lit from a common well, I search for hints of doors inside doors. A built-in waiting about of threshold and washed floors, an avid prevalence demanding flowers and hush. If I guess right, I hope for, a runner of garden the right length, for taking a prayer book for a walk, a small stitching of cemetery ground, strict festivals, an hour for the tremble of women's laughter, corners for mile-high panics. Now, she uses a lot of language there, and obviously she's very fond of uh, words that we wouldn't normally use, so I hope you find something there for you. And that is a bundle of... The Cloister of Bones by Eileen Quillanon. She's written a lot of poetry. Man Watching Woman, for example. The Sound of Everything Folding into Sleep. A Sense of Being Nowhere at All. Set Him on His Way. Traffic Far Off and Wind in Tall Trees. To a Back Gate, a Dark Yard. That's just a few lines from her poem, Men Watching a Woman. Man Watching a Woman. Now, you probably would have remembered maybe at school time uh, learning poetry by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, 
born in 1772, died 1834. He was an English poet, a philosopher, theologian. With Wordsworth, he was the founder of the Romantic movement in England. He shared volumes with Charles Lamb. He wrote The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. That's a beautiful poem, actually. We'll have to read that someday. And then Kubla Khan is an absolutely beautiful poem. Kubla Khan, a river that ran down to the sticks, as well as his major, major works like the biography of literature. He, was, he wrote a critical work, especially on Shakespeare. And uh, he had a major influence on American, on American writings as well. But again, his life wasn't really happy. He uh, had uh, major bouts of anxiety and depression. They thought maybe he had bipolar disorder, which hadn't been defined during his lifetime. He was physically unhealthy. Uh, they thought it might have stemmed from rheumatic fever, which he had as a child. And he was treated for these conditions with laudanum, which fostered a lifelong opium addiction from his part. Very sad. Uh, he had um, four children, Hartley, Berkeley, Sarah and Derwent. And his wife was Sarah Fricker. So now Samuel Taylor Coleridge's poem is answered to a child's question. Do you ask what the birds say? The sparrow, the dove, the liner, the thrush say, I love and I love. In the winter they're silent. The wind is so strong. What it says I don't know, but it sings a long, a loud song. But green leaves and blossoms and sunny warm weather and singing and loving all come back together. But the lark is so brimful of gladness and love, the green fields below him, the blue skies above, that he sings and he sings and forever he sings, my love, my love, my love loves me. Now that is a particularly lovely poem from a man that was beset with depression and anxiety. Samuel Taylor Coleridge. We move on then to uh, an American poet, Edward Robinson, who was born in 1869 in the state of Maine. He won the first Pulitzer Prize ever awarded to poetry. And he is remembered now for a few short poems. He dedicated his life to his work and in the Man Against the Sky and Captain Craig and those ones, he established um, a recognisable set of themes, themes of personal failure, artistic endeavour, materialism and, the, and change. His use of everyday speech, while keeping to traditional forms, were the way he made his poetry. Now this one is quite long and we'll see how we get on with it. Mr. Flood's Party by Edwin Robinson. Old Edwin Flood climbed alone one night over the hill between the town below and the forsaken upland hermitage that held as much as he should ever know. On earth again of home, paused warily. The road was his with not a native fear. 
and even having leisure said aloud for no man else in Tilbury Tower to hear. Well, Mr. Flood, we have the harvest moon again, and we may not have many more. The bird is on the wing, the poet says, and you and I have said it's here before. Drink to the bird. He raised up to the light the jug that he had gone so far to fill and answered huskily, Well, Mr. Flood, since you propose it, I will. Alone as if enduring to the end, a valiant amour of scarred hopes out one. He stood there in the middle of the road like Roland's ghost, winding a short horn. Below him in the town among the trees where friends of other days had honoured him, a phantom salutation of the dead rang thinly till old Eben's eyes were dim. Then as a mother lays her sleeping child down tenderly fearing it may awake, he sat the jug down slowly at his feet with trembling care, knowing that most things break and only when assured that on firm earth it stood, as the uncertain lives of men assuredly did not, he paused away and with his hand extended paused again. Well, Mr. Flood, we have not met like this in a long time, and many a change has come to both of us, I fear, since the last it was we had a drop together. Welcome home. Convivially returning with himself, again he raised the jug up to the light and with an acquiescent quaver said, Well, Mr. Flood, if you insist, I might. Only a very little, Mr. Flood, for how lang syne? No more, sir. That will do. So for the time, apparently it did. And Eben apparently thought so too. For soon among the silver loneliness of night, he lifted up his voice and sang, secure, with only two months moons listening until the whole harmonious landscape rang for old Lang Syne. The weary, weary troth gave out, the last word wavered, and the song was done. He raised again the jug regretfully and shook his head and was again alone. There was not much that was ahead of him, but there was nothing in the town below where strangers would have shut the many doors that many friends had opened long ago. Mr. Flood's party. Now, um, Oliver Goldsmith, a name probably known to most of us, uh, he was a poet and a playwright and he was born in Kilkenny. And uh, he graduated from college and studied medicine in Edinburgh but actually he never received a medical degree. He travelled to Europe in 1756 and eventually settled in London. He worked as a writer and he was friends with all the big writing luminaries at the time, including Samuel Johnson, Boswell and Edwin Burke. He's the author of many uh, essay collections, uh, The Vicar of Wakefield, She Stoops to Conquer, uh, and uh, the poetry, the traveller, which we've read before here in this programme, and Elegy on the Death of a Mad Dog, The Deserted Village in 1770. So the poem today is When a Lovely Woman Stoops to Folly by Oliver Goldsmith. 
When a lovely woman stoops to folly and finds too late that men betray, what charm can soothe her melancholy? What art can wash her guilt away? The only art, her guilt to cover, to hide her shame from every eye, to give repentance to her lover and wring his bosom is to die. Eight lines, very strong stuff. Uh, the next poem I'm reading you now is one that you may not have heard of. Uh, an American born in New York in 41 by the name of Billy Collins. Um, he um, served as United States Pope Laureate from 2001 to 2003. And he launched the poetry website, a different poem for every day of the school year, to encourage students to experience poetry for enjoyment. And uh, he attended college, took a doctorate in the University of California. And since then, he's taught literature and as a writer in American colleges. So the one poem we're going to ring today is the poem Today. And he's commented on him that he writes lovely poems, gently and consistently startling, more serious than they appear. And they describe all the worlds that are and were and some others beside. Today by Billy Collins. If ever there were a spring day so perfect, so uplifted by the warm intermittent breeze that it made you want to throw open all the windows in the house and unlatch the door to the canary's cage and indeed rip the little door from its jam. A day when the cool bricks pots and the garden bursting with peonies seemed so etched in sunlight that you felt like taking a hammer to the glass paperweight on the living room table, releasing the inhabitants from their snow-covered cottage so they could walk out, holding hands and squinting, into this larger dome of blue and white. Well, today is just that kind of day. And though that's a spring day, we've had some summer days that were just like that and memorable. Now I will um, finish off today with a, a poem by an American writer, uh, Whit Walt Whitman. He's America's world poem. Uh, poet, rather, I think. He celebrated democracy, nature, love and friendship. And along with Emily Dickinson, Whitman is regarded as one of America's most significant uh, 19th century poets. Born on Long Island, he grew up in Brooklyn and received li limited formal education. He was a printer, a school teacher, a reporter and an editor. And he uh, was born in 1855 and um, died in 1891. So we're going to read The Noiseless Patient Spider by Walt Whitman. A noiseless patient spider I marked where on a little promontory it stood isolated, marked how to explore the vacant vast surrounding. It launched forth filament, filament, filament out of itself, ever unreeling them, ever tirelessly speeding them. And you, O oh my soul, where you stand, surrounded, detached, in measureless oceans of space, ceaselessly musing, venturing, throwing, 
seeking the spheres to connect them, till the bridge you will need be formed, till the ductile anchor hold, till the gossamer thread you fling catch somewhere, O my soul. Now, any of you who look around the house these days, you'll see nothing but webs, and apparently it's a great time for spiders to be out, so we can imagine a noiseless, patient spider lurking anywhere, inside windows, in corners and that, and Walt Whitman Whitman captured it beautifully. That ends our poetry section for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, we'd love to hear from you at RICC Radio. 2020 at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook as well. And uh, again, as I said, if you have any poem that you'd like to be read or like, you'd like to come in and read any poem yourself, you'd be most welcome. So for me, Onya, have a lovely day.